Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. He's a repeat guest. He's none other than Mr. George Ross. George is best known for his role as Senior Vice President in the Trump Organization for many years. He was Donald's right-hand man for over 47 years. He taught at the law school at NYU for over 20 years, the author of two best-selling books on real estate and negotiation. 92 years of age, one of the wisest men I know. On today's show, we're talking about inflation. Listen to my conversation with George Ross. Great to have you here again, George. Good. It's good to be here. You're in Florida? Yeah, I am. Perfect. Whereabouts? Uh, I have a, a place in uh, Boca Raton, not Boca Raton, Delray Beach, right? Which is part of Boca. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. We bought a, bought a place that we couldn't use during the cold months. So what's doing where you are? It must be cold up there already, huh? It's starting to get cold. Yeah. We're, uh, we had freezing rain and all of that stuff this morning and which made pouring foundations in one of our projects a little bit more exciting than usual, but. Well, George, uh, let's start with a little bit of a discussion about forecasting um, financial performance for apartment projects. Now, typically, when you do that, there'll be a forward-looking statement that says, you know, maybe there's going to be two percent rent growth over the next decade, and that's been historically accepted by most lenders as a as a good number. And of course, the last eighteen months have been anything but that. We've had some periods where it's gone down and then many cities where it's just been going nuts, you know, parts of Phoenix, almost doubling of rents. We've had 27% average increases in Jacksonville, uh, you know, 19% in Salt Lake City, 33% in Boise. Um, how do you forecast going forward? Do we use the 6.1% in the consumer price index? Do you continue to use 2%? Do you use zero? You can make an argument for literally any number. 2% is 2% is ridiculous. Zero, it doesn't make any sense at all. I think what you should take into account is the, if the fact that inflation is going to set in and will continue to set in, and the rents or the income basically is going to at least follow the inflation that probably exceeded in many areas. People are moving out of uh, major cities to get residential in suburbs, and that is driving it. And it's uh, it, if you take uh, rental luxury uh, communities, they're going, they're going, they're they're insane. And you take it that the people, if they if they have the um, the money and the wherewithal to relocate, they can to get out of a high taxed area into a lower taxed area. So that's that seems to be a dry and they're, and they're wild. I mean, I've had I've got with everything is gone. I got properties. I'm not an interest in properties in Manhattan, residential properties. And there was a problem during the pandemic because people couldn't pay. But now they're, the the rents are just going crazy. And I mean, you know, get something for it was three thousand a month, and now it's five thousand a month, and people are paying it. So uh, the the community that I'm in in Florida, it's got uh, twenty two thousand ho- uh, people living there, and there's only one property for sale in the whole shooting match, and it's a buyer's it's a bidder's w- war that's going on. It's a, I've never seen it quite like that. That uh, you get 
you put them, you get not only get a, an offer, you get a bidding war where people are fighting each other to, to get what to get a piece of the action. Crazy. So my in answer to your question, I certainly wouldn't use the two percent. I would see no problem in using basically close to the six percent, which is the average inflation that everybody seems to be agreeing will apply. And I think you could look at that, and that's that's certainly uh, conservative enough for banks, and probably way below what the actual market would be in the hot areas. So, would you look at something, for example, where you might forecast? Six percent for the next two years, and then have that declining to maybe something more reasonable, hopefully more reasonable, in the three to four percent range. Because ten years, no, but, I can't, yeah, but understand that's you know there's there's another factor that has to be taken into consideration, mm -hmm. which is very important, and that is the price of all the goods that that are involved in the economy and proud of a, especially building houses or making repairs and doing all of this. It's going up. There's no question about it. So as a result, that you're going to have people that are going to recognize the fact that they have, they're going to be paying out more money, but they're also be getting more money because the, the companies they work for are going to be giving them raises the, to, to get the workers. I guess there's a shortage of employees, which is unbelievable. It really is. And, and it's it's interesting how a lot of people have either taken early retirement or exited certain industries. I'm thinking of, you know, food and beverage in particular. I know of one yeah. executive chef who was offered double the going rate, the going market rate for line line cooks and yeah. hasn't got a single resume. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? But uh, maybe when the, uh, the the inflationary factor of buying more product and buying groceries and buying gasoline sets in, you're going to have people go back, go into the workforce because they're going to have to. They, they It's no longer a free ride from the government, uh, which had a lot to do with it. People just said, I like the idea of, of not working and getting my money. So uh, I think it's going to settle down. When I say settle down, I think that it's going to improve. There will be an inflationary tendency, but I think you're going to find the job market is, is going to change, that there will be people coming back. The problem that I foresee is they, is filling the low-level jobs. Right. That's the problem. High-level jobs, somebody's qualified, you get, but filling the low-level jobs, you talked about the the, the restaurateur, the cook, he can't get a, somebody to wash the dishes or effectively uh, do do many, many lesser tasks in a kitchen. That's a problem. And whether people are going to go back for a higher job or look for a higher job, there's just everywhere I go down here, there's always we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. A bank, uh, a, a store, anyways, is all, all uh, yeah, personnel, including the post office and the federal government, which is very unusual. It, it is unusual. I mean, it, it, it seems to be so widespread that it's in every sector of the economy. I mean, even in construction, you know, we're trying to source windows for construction yeah. and, and they don't even have the staff to take the orders because they're short staffed. So it's correct. It's, you know, making it impossible for them even to take the business. That's what it is. Right. And then when they do take the business, they give you a tremendous delay because they may have problem getting product, right. getting it. To, so it's just, 
very unusual circumstance. I can't, I won't uh, indicate what my thoughts are because I just don't know. It's something that's never happened quite before and you have to live through it. And I think it'll, it'll settle down. I don't know when. The economists don't know when. The government doesn't know when. But uh, somehow uh, the, the economy and, and business will survive. It'll change, but it'll survive. Yeah, yeah. When you when you consider, and we've certainly been tracking interest rates very closely. Uh, the Federal Reserve is still saying they're going to keep interest rates low, but at the end of the day, the market attaches the risk premium to the to the interest rate, not just the Fed. They'll buy any. No, that's true. But the one thing taking is the banks have pots full, of unbelievable amount of funds, mm -hmm. unbelievable money. They're not making investments, which is crazy. Because that's their business. Their business was to have, take deposits and make loans and make money on the uh, on loan. And they're just they're sitting with paper with with that they own the but the the money. When I say the paper, they're sitting with money. And they're conservative. They don't even try to invest it. Why? Because they don't have to pay interest. True. So they got to, to banks says, hey, I got free money. Well, you do. But would you put out money at two and three percent if inflation's running at six? No, no. That's the whole thing. But they're not putting out the money. It's, it's they're holding on to it. They're very conservative, which I think is due to the the what's going on in the world and the economy and COVID and others is banks tend to have a tendency to be overly conservative, right? That's being, being a banker is overly conservative. If you were smart, you'd be in business and do real estate like you do. Right. You're not. Instead of just figuring out what am I going to do loans, we're going to make loans. They're offering uh, mortgages at very attractive rates for long term. No question about that. And maybe get it insured by Fannie Mae or some other government. But it's it. I can't understand why. A, if your business is loaning money, why don't you loan money? And the answer is they have no pressure to loan the money because they whatever they take in, they don't have to pay interest on. So you can do short term loans. You can buy treasuries. You can do a whole bunch of things with the money because you're not pressed to to get a higher rate of return. I think I saw a report just today that both Fannie and Freddie have raised their ceiling for a jumbo loan to a million dollars. So anything yeah. below that would not be, you know, be considered a conforming loan. And uh, their market share has grown from what was previously yes. about 40% of the market to close to 60% of the market. Correct. Correct. No question. Anybody that's willing to pay, willing to lay out money for an investment is, is doing very well. Why? Because the, the banks are not filling that area. Okay. So. Very, very interesting. Well, certainly, as we're going through projects right now, something we're paying very close attention to, we're spending lots of deep quality time in Excel, trying to figure out what are the right numbers and, you know, put something in front of a lender and hope that they accept it. No, I think at this point, I think that you, if, you, if you come in with something that's close to 6%, <clears throat> I think that's fine. I think that lenders should accept that because that's realistic. <clears throat> and it really, it's a question of whether the lenders want to make the loans. If they want to make the loans, how you project the income is not not critical. No, it's the loan to the the loan to value ratio. I, today, I don't know what it is uh, because banks are not making loans. Nobody wants the loans. Nobody's very little refinancing. But it used to be the loan to value ratio was eighty percent tops. 
In other words, the bank would loan you 80% of the value of the, whatever the, the house was or the product. I don't know what it is today because basically there aren't that many loans being made. And if you're being conservative, fine. No. There are very little going on in the way of foreclosures. And there's tremendous demand built up for housing. I love my conversations with George. He's been in business for over 60 years, and he's literally seen it all. He's seen dozens of market cycles. He's seen America at peacetime. He's seen America at war. He's made money in rising markets, and he's made money in falling markets. Whenever I find myself in uncharted waters, feeling uncertain about what the future will bring, I have a conversation with George in an effort to regain perspective. And I find he does that for me. And hopefully he does that for you as well. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.